0: you're listening to episode number 12 of the Brain BS Podcast, relationships only exist in our head. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafka. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, It's a Monday. I thought we were in spring or getting pretty darn close, but now we have a forecast for snow. And yes, I know. I always tell my husband, you know, it's going to snow in March, so why do you act like it's not going to every year? And that's probably because I needed to hear that myself. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's pretty gray and dreary. It's cold and windy, and we could get up to five inches of snow in the area, which honestly does bring up some brain BS when you are ready for being outside, sweaters instead of jackets. You know, I always just I do this to myself every year. I Always get caught up in it, but I guess I don't have to make it a problem. So uh, another little bit of brain BS that has come up is this whole idea of returning to normalcy after COVID. So I have so many thoughts about that and experiencing some kind of weird emotions and stuff that I didn't expect, so I actually decided to do a podcast episode on that. So it's um, that'll be coming in a couple weeks, I think. I don't know. I get confused because I record these podcast episodes in advance, and unless I go back and I actually look, I don't know exactly when they're coming out. And then when somebody tells me that they think something's funny on it or they liked it, I... Never know what they're talking about or what episode, so just letting you know, that's what it's like when a 57-year-old does a podcast, at least this 57-year-old. I definitely cannot speak for every 57-year-old out there. So, okay, well, let's um, get to the topic of the podcast today, which is that relationships only exist in our head. Now, I love learning about relationships and the thought work that's involved with them and talking about them, and I could all the time. And um, yep, my sister told me that too <laughs> when I talked to her this week. She's like, podcasting is perfect for you because you love to talk. And I do. I absolutely love talking about this stuff. And it's because it's so valuable and it's helped me in so many ways that I'm passionate about passing it on to other people. But the thing with relationships is there's a million different uh, facets to them. So I can't possibly cover everything about relationships in a 20-minute podcast. So I decided to narrow it down to three things. First, the concept that relationships only exist in our head. Second, we can actually change a relationship with someone without them being aware of it totally by ourselves. And third, we continue to have relationship with loved ones even after they die. So this is pretty amazing because we have the power to control how we feel about other people regardless of what they do to us, the current situation, or if they're even alive. So let's start with the first point, and that's that relationships only exist in our head. This is a pretty wild concept if you never heard of it before, or, um, you know, wrapped your head around it, but it's actually totally true. The only way we have relationships is by the way we're thinking, and our thoughts generate our feelings that lead to actions that we take with that person, and then it gives us the result of our relationship. The other person that's in the relationship with us, they have their own thoughts, feelings, and actions that generate the results that they get. Typically, when two people are having a similar experience and it's compatible and they see benefits in it, they consider that to be a good relationship. Typically, when people are not on the same page and they're in disagreement or they're both unhappy and they don't like the way they feel about the other person, that's what we would normally call a relationship that's not good for us anymore. But regardless, there isn't a relationship that exists outside of two human brains. We can't go out and touch it. We can't see it. We can't call it inside to come and have dinner. A relationship is just a mental construct in our head. So that means if thoughts are optional and we can create the results we want in our life, we can also create the relationships that we want. This includes a relationship with ourself. That's pretty amazing. That means you can decide how you want to think about yourself at any given time, no matter what's going on or what you're doing, and you can choose to love yourself, You can choose to think you're amazing and that you're a great person and that you're doing your very best and that you deserve all the joy that comes from having your own back and really loving yourself. You can also do this with other people, which brings me to the second point, and that is that we can change relationships that we have with other people without them even being aware of it. Now, I realize like in an ideal world, we kind of want that other person to improve the relationship with us because typically as humans, we want them to change their behavior or act in a way that works for us, which we call the manual. That means we have like a little instruction booklet that we have for the people in our lives. And when they don't follow our instructions, it doesn't make us happy. But sometimes, sometimes, no matter how hard we try, In fact, most of the time, we are not going to get other people to change to accommodate us and what we want. Therefore, it's a pretty amazing option to know that we can actually change a relationship with a person who is not willing to change their behavior at all and who has no interest in trying to solve any problems with us. They don't want to go to therapy. They don't want to get coaching. They just want to keep doing the same thing they've been doing. Now, alternately, you can also decide that you don't want to be in a relationship with someone anymore. But even if you decide that you want to leave, if you want to feel better about that other person and about leaving, you can still manage your thoughts to improve your relationship with them as it ends. So before I go on to the third point, I want to give you some examples Of what I mean when I say improving a relationship without the other person being aware. So, for example, let's say a couple that is getting divorced. And they had a falling out at the end, obviously, because they got a divorce. And now it's years later. And one of them just keeps thinking back on that time. And they're just resentful and frustrated and angry with the way things turned out. They think that life should be different than it is and that somehow the life they were supposed to have was robbed from them and they're just like really unhappy. And then every day, or not every day, but whenever there's gatherings where the kids are involved and uh, the two exes have to be in the same place, they experience uh, their own feelings, their own thoughts about one another, but oftentimes it goes back to the source of when they um, split up. And then the more they think about when they split up, if they're resentful or angry, the more magnified that gets in our body. Um, there's a great book called "The um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself that kind of goes into depth about this. It's by Joe Dispenza. I highly recommend it. It's very interesting. But anyway, so you could get really fixed in your thoughts about your ex and have a lot of um baggage and bad stuff going on in our, in our in your brain and you can change that and they don't need to know it so you're not going to call them up after 10 years and say listen I finally decided to choose some thoughts that make me feel better about you so I just want to let you know our relationship's better because <laughs> they probably be like okay she's not doing too well she's a little crazy but you could do this and it doesn't mean you're condoning anything that the other person did. You just decide how you want to think about it. And that can literally change the way you feel and make the relationship completely different. And there is no time frame for when you can do this or not do it. It's not linear. It's it's all about the present moment. And you get to decide now what you want to make it mean that you got a divorce in the first place. And you go back and you think about all the thoughts that you had, whether they were serving you or not, and you rethink them. And and you might want to keep some. Some of you might even want to not improve the relationship with X. You just want to stay mad and feel crappy about them. And that's your choice, but it is optional. I just want you to know that. You get to decide how you want to feel based on the thoughts that you're having. That's the same way we have relationships, based on our thoughts. I think it's pretty amazing that we can always gain insight. We can always evolve. And even if we weren't evolved at the time that an incident took place or when we were in a relationship with someone, we can take the knowledge and the wisdom and uh, evolution that we've experienced back to that time to recreate it in a way that works for us. Okay, let me give you another example. And this would be a situation where this is kind of a delicate matter. So I want to be careful about how I present this. But it's in a relationship where, say, one of the people are being abused and mistreated. I'm not suggesting that you're going to be able to improve that relationship just by trying to have positive thoughts, because it would be a lot more challenging than that, right? But when you think about it, whenever we feel something for another human being in a relationship, we are actually the only ones that feel it. So it might behoove us to take advantage of that, And when we have been in a relationship where we were disempowered and we were the victim of somebody who took advantage of us, one of the ways that we can take our power back is to actually choose unconditional love for that person and find a way to tap into that. Obviously, with not also condoning their behavior, because we're never going to condone that. Does that make sense? Because if we continue to feel horrible about that person, or we hate them, or we feel shame related to them, or whatever the feelings that we have, why why not get rid of those feelings? It doesn't have anything to do with them. It only has to do with us and the fact that we deserve to have a life full of love and light and not darkness and pain. So if there's a way to do that by the way we're thinking, then I say go for it. On a lighter note, you can use these same principles um, with your spouse when they're getting on your nerves and they're not doing what you want them to do. You can have weeks in a marriage where that person might be getting on your nerves. Not that this has ever happened in my marriage. <laughs> of course not. Uh, Bob might be listening to this. But you go through those periods of time where a relationship is not as good as it is at others. And I guarantee you, if you start paying attention to those brains of yours, you're going to realize it's because of the way you're thinking about your spouse. So now that I've sold you on this idea, you're probably wondering how, how to go about doing it. So whenever you decide to change the way you're thinking about your spouse, or partner, or teacher, or boss, or whoever it might be, you have to actually believe the thought in your body. You can't make it up. You're you're either going to experience that feeling or you're not. So if you have really negative feelings, you might not go to positive right away. You might shoot for neutral. For instance, if I'm thinking, oh my God, what a freaking jerk, and I'm completely annoyed. In the next second, if I say, but I love him unconditionally, and I'm not really feeling it in my body, I'm still going to be annoyed and thinking he's a jerk. So you have to actually... So in that case, I might say something like, no matter how much he acts like a jerk, I love him unconditionally, which will take me out of being annoyed and take me more to a place where I'm accepting and determined, maybe, or committed. I guarantee you that's going to generate different actions and a different result if I approach the relationship with commitment, determination, or acceptance and rather than annoyance, irritability, and judgment. This is really good information for all of you. You can start implementing this in your daily life. And I would love to hear in the Brain BS group, um, my my Facebook group, I would love to hear how this has improved your relationships. So please, fill me in. Okay, so now let's go to the third point. And this might be my favorite point about this podcast episode is that we continue to have relationship with loved ones after they die. And we can continue to repair those relationships. We could do whatever we want with those relationships. Because as I said, it's all about the way we're thinking about the person who died. So I'm going to share a story here, which is um Actually, pretty interesting when it comes to relationships because my mom died, uh, I think about 15 years ago, and I was very devoted to her, and she was in Ohio at the time, and I was in Illinois, and I went back and forth, and it was a huge priority in my life to be there um, with my family to help take care of my mom, and I had a good relationship with her the whole time she was alive. But then my relationship changed when she died because I never lost anyone before and did not at the time realize that thoughts are optional. I beat myself up for every tiny little thing that I did not do for my mom. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest memories that I had that haunted me for a long time until I, I learned better was that when people are at the end of their lives and they're getting ready to die, they do a thing called posturing So she was doing these weird things at night when I was sleeping downstairs with her. I was on the couch and she was in a hospital bed. And she kept doing these weird motions with her hands and sitting up. And it was making me so uncomfortable and anxious that I was getting frustrated and annoyed with her and not on purpose. It just was watching her in any kind of discomfort or pain was heart-wrenching for me because at the time. I did not know how to experience uncomfortable emotions the way I know how to do that now. For the longest time after she died, I judged myself for the way I felt about her that night because she died the next day, two days later. And I felt like I should have been aware that she was posturing. I should have made sure I stayed downstairs. I shouldn't have left her. I should have done it differently. I shouldn't have been annoyed with her and i just i just kept thinking that for years i felt horrible every time that came up i felt shame and i didn't even know it at the time because it wasn't just shame it was resistance to shame well since then i have come to realize that that those thoughts were so not useful and i actually didn't even know they were optional but i do now and i have come back to having a very loving comfortable comforting relationship with my mom. So it's kind of funny how it can go either way, right? That you can have a good relationship and then find ways to beat yourself up after they're gone, or you can have a bad relationship when they're alive and figure out how to make it a good relationship for yourself after they've died. Whenever there's any sort of negative connotation about the death that somebody experiences or Whether, you know, it was, it could have been drugs or it could have been that they got into trouble and they got in with the wrong crowd. Or maybe it's just that you asked them to go to the grocery store and pick something up for you. And then something terrible happened when they were doing that for you and they got into an accident and they died. Whenever we think that we are responsible, we tend to beat ourselves up. And then, Any opportunity that we have to repair that relationship is lost because we're so immersed in regret and wishing things were different and rejecting the reality of the situation that that loved one is gone. Now, we can continue to do that, and some people will because that's that's just how they want to feel, and that's what feels right to them. And some people can continue to have that regret for as long as they live. But I just want to make sure that everybody knows that that's optional. When I say optional, I don't mean the grief is optional. The grief is there, right? No matter how you think about it, you're going to experience profound grief when somebody dies that you love. What I'm suggesting is we don't have to add regret, judgment, and the rejection of reality to the mix, which is going to magnify the pain even more. We can choose instead to forgive ourselves for being human, to forgive others for their limitations. We can choose lightness and love, because that's probably what our loved one would want us to do anyway. And since we're the only ones that can feel any of the emotions related to the thoughts that we're having, Why not choose that? Why not choose what makes you feel better? And if you do choose not to make you feel better, then you're going to want to ask yourself why. As humans with brains, we tend to like to make things overcomplicated and cause ourselves a little bit of suffering. But really, it's pretty simple. Relationships exist in our heads. We can change them on our own. And we could do it at any time, even if the person that we were in a relationship with is not even alive anymore. This is amazing to know. This can change your life. You can go back throughout your entire lifetime, look at all your relationships, and decide how you want to look at them now in the present moment that will work better for you than the way you were looking at them before. Choose your thoughts on If you like what you heard here today, please subscribe to, to my podcast and give week. me a quick review and a rating episode. of five so I can get the word out there. I also invite you to go to my website, wwwthebrainbs.com to subscribe to my emails and my newsletter. You can also check out my individual and group coaching options. Remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your brain BS.